Greetings to those who watch below. Today, it's time for our monthly roundup of paranormal stories that I've found while researching. But before we start, thank you to Steffi Ray, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Chris BLK Chris, Tegan S., Tesos Karamaris, LT Punisher 666, Wicked Witch, Christina Groves, Canopsia, and Lisa Watts. Why am I thanking them? Because they are members of Those Who Dwell Below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every video. Another way to support the channel further is to make sure you hit that subscribe button and getting that notification bell at the same time so that you never miss a video. Also, I can be found on Instagram at brimstone underscore below and on Facebook at the Brimstone Below Horror Channel. Also, I'm creeping around on the official creepypasta.com website and YouTube channel. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy. Illinois Lake House Haunting by Inga It was the year of 2016 that I moved into a new home, a beautiful turn-of-the-century brick mansion overlooking the local Decatur Lake in central Illinois. This house was so large, it was sectioned into a triplex, dividing it into three apartments. The main floor was my home. Soon after the move, we noticed things falling and getting knocked off the table or couch when we weren't in the room. This happened a lot. I would walk into the kitchen, and boom, something fell in the living room. It was strange, but we didn't really think much of it. About a month after moving in, I took a shower in the middle of the day. Just as I finished and flung open the shower curtain, my hairdryer across the room turned on simultaneously. How weird. I was slightly creeped out by this, but figured maybe it's the old house having electrical issues. Maybe the moisture of my shower sparked something. Maybe static electricity. I was definitely creeped out, but still did not feel the need to tell anyone and brushed it off as a coincidence. Two days later at 2am, my boyfriend got up to pee while I was dead asleep. I was woken by a horribly loud rattling clunking sound that only lasted about four seconds, followed by my boyfriend's loud cursing. I shot up in bed yelling, what the hell was that? My boyfriend was panting and noticeably spooked. He said he was just taking a leak half asleep when out of nowhere his electric travel razor that was sitting on top of the porcelain water reservoir turned on. The vibration and rattling on the tank was ear-numbingly loud at 2am in the morning. Damn near gave me a heart attack. I didn't touch it or anything. I was just peeing and it just started buzzing. Look, it isn't even plugged into the wall. How the hell does this even happen? I immediately had shivers down my spine. The hairdryer. I haven't even told him yet. The hairdryer turns on for me. The razor turns on for him. How creepy is this? My boyfriend and I were not really into paranormal things or believed in ghosts. But here we were, thoroughly creeped out in this old brick building. To make things more eerie, we found swastika and iron cross tiles embedded around the old fireplace, which was a very strange thing to find in 2016. During one night at around 2-3am, we were both dead asleep, 
and awoken by an extremely loud bang inside our room. It was so loud, my boyfriend shot up in his sleep and had his gun in his hand within a few seconds. He's a marine. If I had to describe the bang, it sounded as if someone had a large stack of heavy books and dropped them from the ceiling to the floor. It was loud. The light switch was right above my head, and as I switched it on, I was expecting to see disarray, something broken or fallen on the floor, or something knocked over. But there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a thing out of order. We could never figure out what in the world made this loud bang. As the months passed, my boyfriend and I broke up, and I lived there alone. At night, I frequently noticed that right at the moment I was drifting into a sleep, I would be awoken by what felt like screaming directly into my ear, and it was accompanied by what felt like electric jolts in my brain. It felt very wrong, violent, and as if I was being attacked. These electric jolts almost felt like seizure activity, and I started to worry that maybe I had developed a seizure disorder or a brain tumour. A month or so later, I had a date over for the first time, We were sitting on the couch talking, when he suddenly interrupted me and said, I'm sorry, I don't want to seem weird or freak you out, but I can't focus like this. Do you by any chance believe in spirits or ghosts? I looked at him with a blank stare. He didn't know any of the weird things that have happened since I moved in, so I answered with, Well, not really, but since I moved here, some weird things happened that kind of make me wonder. He smiled and said, I really, really hope I won't deter you or make you think I'm nuts, but I've been able to see spirits since I've been little, and you definitely have one here. Female, she is standing on your porch right now. He looked uneasy and pointed at the screened-in porch. I think all the blood has drained out of my face at this point. I was so shook at what this stranger in my house just said. He continued to tell me, that she was wearing a bathrobe and she used to live here, in the 50s or maybe 60s, he said. She died here, in the bathroom, suicide in the bathtub. I was just flabbergasted at this point, so as soon as he said all that, I started telling him about all the things that have happened since I moved in, and he validated all these occurrences as most certainly her doing. Shortly after I moved out of the house, and into a small one-bedroom lake house across the lake. I've never felt the strange electric jolts in my twilight sleep again, and never had electric objects turn on or off or have things constantly falling to the floor. This only occurred in that house. The same guy that told me about the female spirit came and visited me about a month or two after I moved in. He told me how much he liked my new place and how it is such a better, healthier place for me to live in. He continued to tell me that he didn't want to make me uncomfortable or anxious at the time, but he is so glad that I am out of that place, that there was a darkness at that old house, and the female spirit was not friendly. She wished me harm. I was never a believer in ghosts or spirits, but after this experience, I am 100% sure the place was haunted. Something in the Basement by Black Sabbath 74 
My home has an unair-conditioned basement that we use primarily for washing clothes, keeping the dogs, and storage. When it's not too hot or cold outside, I will go down there sometimes at night to do group chats with my friends after my wife and kids have gone to sleep. One evening while down there, an old operation board game started making one of the noises over and over again. This was a version which had a funny sound for each of the organs to remove. It initially scared the crap out of me, but afterwards I laughed about it, and the guys on my group chat heard it and laughed too. It would do this randomly every so often, for months at a time, using different sounds each time, over and over. I assumed it was just the old board game slowly dying. My family all heard it as well. Later, we began finding evidence of a rodent in our basement. I caught glimpses of it out of the corner of my eye, and assumed because of its size, speed, and ability to climb rapidly, that it was a squirrel, as we'd had them in the attic before. It did a good deal of hidden damage, especially chewing up books or other research material, and we began to find nests all over the garage. We tried various means to get rid of it, including a variety of traps, poison, and a sound emitter. Nothing worked. We eventually saw the culprit, which turned out to be a very large rat, but we could never catch it. It was able to climb vertically as fast as a squirrel, much faster than a rat should have been able. It seemed to be abnormally intelligent, like rats of Nim intelligent. It would take the bait from the traps without triggering them, and wouldn't eat the poison blocks. I put all the poison blocks in the rafters and ductwork to prevent the dogs from getting them. However, at some point, the rat pushed one of the blocks onto the floor, where one of our dogs found it, and we quickly had to take him to the vet to induce vomiting and ensure he was okay. He made a full recovery. During this same time frame, when I opened the basement door and turned on the lights, I would notice a shadow in the shape of a person at the bottom of the stairs, just for an instant before vanishing. Not always, but sometimes, I could turn the lights off and on again and it would not reappear. I assumed it was some weird electrical issue. My daughter finally encountered the rat in the basement and killed it with her softball bat. I got rid of it and cleaned out the basement, and we thought that was the end of it. Only another rat showed up in the next week or two and continued the damage and continued to elude death or capture. Eventually, I started to think outside the box, as I had never really put any of the free phenomena, the rats, the shadow and the operation noises, together, but realised they had all occurred during the same time frame. I noticed that my old Ouija board was directly beneath the operation game, I hadn't used it since high school. I researched Ouija boards and discovered that you are supposed to close sessions by moving the pointer to goodbye and not to store the pointer on the board. I had never done that, although the board had not been used in more than 20 years and I had never had any real encounters with it. I just pushed it around to scare the other teenagers. That evening when I went home, I took it down and opened the box and sure enough, I'd left the pointer on the board, which I reckon 
left the connection open for all those years, until something found it and used it. I quickly moved the pointer to goodbye, asking any presents to leave and not return, and said a prayer. I then stored the pointer in the box, separated from the board. A few days later, we found the dying rat in a drawer, poisoned, and after cleaning the basement out again, have had no further rodent problems. The shadow stopped appearing at the bottom of the basement stairs as well, and the operation game stopped making any noises. I don't have any concrete evidence, or any real answers, but at this point, my hypothesis is that something found its way through the open Ouija board, and somehow managed to manipulate the board game, the rats, and manifest as the shadow at the bottom of the stairs. Our home has been saged, and I grow sage in our basement as well now. I have also done enough research to be able to respond if anything happens again. Port Perry's Ghost Road by Gingerad Lake Scugog, located within the small town of Port Perry, Ontario, is relatively famous among paranormal enthusiasts. A local restaurant called the Jester's Court attracts many tourists from across Canada due to its renowned hauntings. The restaurant was even featured in an episode of the popular Canadian ghost show Creepy Canada. In addition, a simple rural road has gained a fair amount of recognition due to one particular spectral resident, whose spiritual remains sadly linger in the area as a permanent reminder of a horrible traffic accident. During a ghost tour, I learned that according to legend, a young man from the area mounted his motorcycle and decided to go joyriding back in 1957. He travelled heedlessly down the deserted road at many miles over the speed limit in order to determine just how fast his motorcycle could go. Eventually, he lost control of his motorcycle and swerved into an adjacent field. He then struck a barbed wire fence and was promptly decapitated. Sightings of a strange bright light are common in the same area where the victim of the tragic accident met his gory demise. According to witnesses of the paranormal occurrences, the light appears and passes through without any vehicles from which to cast it. It was an uneventful Friday night in October of 2010, and my mother drove my brother, my sister and I to Lake Scugog, as we had nothing else planned. Travelling to haunted destinations was undoubtedly a favourite pastime for us. After a late dinner at the Jester's Court, we decided to drive down to that same rural road in the hopes of spotting the phantom motorcyclist, still journeying aimlessly down the dismal road where he spent his final wretched moments. We pulled over to the side of the road and waited patiently for any signs. After an hour or so had passed, I became restless and decided to step out of the car and casually pace along the side of the road. Moments later, my brother did the same. We began discussing other famous hauntings, when our attention abruptly turned to the horizon, as we noticed a solitary bright light in our peripheral vision. Not wanting to jump to conclusions, we continued to stare directly at the light, as it slowly expanded, appearing to draw even closer to our position. What became the most perplexing was the absence of any noise. 
the light appeared close enough that surely from such proximity we would have heard the sound of a motor running if it was an ordinary motorcycle. Apart from the chirping of some crickets nearby, all was quiet. Moments later, the light vanished and the area became dark once more. In consideration of the circumstances, we surmised that we had become the latest witnesses to the ghostly young man who sadly lost his life to a horrific accident that could have been easily avoided. Tragically, it seems as though the victim who met his end in such a gruesome manner may never find peace. Lunch at the Quarantine Station by Jubilee. Lee It was Anzac Day, Sunday, April 25th, 2021. Hard lockdown had just been eased, and we were allowed to emerge into the sunlight again. I thought it was time to use the gift voucher I had been given before the pandemic and treat my husband Rex and myself to lunch at the old quarantine station. Q Station, as it is now known, is part of the Sydney Harbour National Park, located at North Head, near Manly. It was established in 1832, with the aim to stop diseases from the early immigrants spreading into the rest of Australia. The health threats at the time were many, among them were the bubonic plague, Spanish influenza, cholera, tuberculosis, scarlet fever, typhus, and smallpox. For over 150 years, shiploads of immigrants were required to remain at the quarantine station for 40 days on arrival. Many people spent their final days there in pain and misery. Their tragic stories, a reminder of dark times in Australia's past. Over 13,000 were quarantined within its walls, and at least 572 were thought to have been buried there, though the numbers could have actually been higher. But over time, medical science, immunisation and quarantine procedures improved, and the mortality rate decreased. The quarantine station remained in operation until 1984. Some of the most horrendous experiences came from the building known as the Showers, where more harm than good was done to the immigrants with harsh bleach, in the name of disinfection. It is not surprising, given its grim history, that there are documented accounts of hauntings at the Q station, from staff and visitors alike. Many are centred around the Showers. I was a bit nervous about the Q station, so I said a prayer before we went, asking the powers that be for spiritual guardians to watch over us. Immediately after that, I felt more enthusiastic about the outing. In fact, Rex and I were positively supercharged with energy. This was unusual for us, as we are both not exactly youthful, nor particularly energetic. It felt as if someone else was eager for us to be on our way, giving us a spiritual lift, so to speak, making sure we got going. We were pleasantly surprised that everything went so smoothly en route to the Q station. Peak hour traffic for the Manly area was normally a frustrating and gnarly experience. That day, we simply cruised along, hassle-free and with green lights all the way, getting there half an hour earlier than expected. The parking area looked dauntingly full, but just as we drove in, a car pulled out. Perfect timing. We found a spot about a hundred metres from the visitor centre, 
where we were to catch the minibus down to the Boiler House restaurant. As we waited for the transport to arrive, I sat on a bench outside the visitor centre and said another prayer for any troubled souls who lingered and were not at rest. I asked if my spirit guardian could help some of the sad and suffering ones, the ones in need. Perhaps she could persuade them to move on and find peace and tell the nasty entities to bugger off. It wasn't long before the minivan came to bring us to the Boiler House restaurant. The historic russet-coloured brick building had the most ginormous chimney stack at the side. I think that they used to do the communal laundry there, as well as provide hot water for the showers. Since it was a sunny day, the restaurant had set up al fresco dining at the tables outside. While waiting for our food, I took a photo of the chimney stack of the boiler house. Because I was facing the sun, the chimney and adjacent dining area came out in shadow, but I liked the silhouette effect against the sky. Lunch was excellent and the service was even better. The one jarring note came from the next table. A young man, wearing a pink polo shirt with a fancy animal emblem, looked us up and down as we were seated. From my position at our table, I could hear his rather derogatory remarks about us to the older couple with him, presumably his parents. After they finished their meal and laughed, Rex and I laughed about it. The incident amused us rather than cause any affront. I had the sudden impulse to glance over at their table. One of them had left their phone. Rex quickly hailed them to come back to retrieve it. They were most embarrassed. We got the distinct impression that someone or something was teaching them a lesson. On our return to the reception area, I looked across the path from the boiler house as we travelled up the hill in the minivan. The building on the right looked like a small, nondescript toilet block. My skin began to prickle along my arms and legs. From a narrow, dark opening at the side, I could just make out closely set cubicles made of thin, white partitions. I felt unbearably sad and full of despair. I asked Rex where the infamous haunted showers were, wondering if that was it. He had been there some years ago and was sure it lay somewhere farther up the hill, but the woman who had sat at the other table at the boiler house surprised us by speaking up. It just so happened that they had been on the history tour earlier in the day. She confirmed that the building was, you guessed it, the showers. When we came home, I went over the photos I had taken and realised there was something odd. A blue orb showed in the photo of the chimney stack, but Rex and I had not seen any spot of blue in the area at the time. It was also not the same blue as the sky. Could there be some technical reason for this? Because I have no idea where that blue dot came from. Neither does Rex. If it was reflection or refraction, the sun was at the wrong angle for it. There was nothing around to explain that distinctive shade of electric blue, like a single bolt of lightning energy. I did some reading and came across some articles that said that blue orbs could be signs of spiritual guardians. Could it have been my spirit guardian letting me see that she was around and protecting me from the darker entities of the quarantine station? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and also subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so that you never miss a video. I'll be back soon with some more spine-tingling stories to keep you going. So, until next time, sleep tight. <laughs>